party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by my very good living friend, Danny Costello, for a game of Dead Friend, a game of necromancy by Lucian Khan. Dead Friend explores the relationship between summoner and spirit, both working towards their own ends as they move through a necromantic ritual. It is a game packed with mystery and ambiance and drama, and I love it. You can find more information about Dead Friend in the show notes. You should absolutely go check it out. Danny, in addition to being one of my favorite people to play games with, is a cat behaviorist in training and cat blogger at happyhealthycats.tumblr.com. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down once again with Danny Costello. Danny, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Thanks for having me back. So real quick before we dive in, why don't you take a moment to let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you might want them to know about, any projects you're working on, that sort of thing? All right. Well, if uh, your longtime listeners remember, uh, I used to run a LARP podcast. I've since kind of changed gears. Uh, I've recently gone back to school for cat behavior and training. I know it's not typically in your line of gaming, but... I feel like everybody... I feel like cats are within everybody's line of of passion. I mean, if you've been on the internet, it's... It's it's what it's all built on. <laughs> exactly. So right now I'm, I'm working towards my certification for cat behavior and training. And in the meantime, I run uh, a blog post about just uh, upkeep on your cats, uh, healthy tips and tricks. Uh, I take anonymous questions or non-anonymous questions, answer them, uh, figure out good training plans for people, uh, until at least I get my certification done. Uh, and you can find me there. Uh, it's a Tumblr blog that I run. The URL is happyhealthycats.tumblr.com. That's, that's my, uh, that's my pet project. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. So, uh, this week we are playing Dead Friend, a game of necromancy. It is the story of a necromancer summoning the spirit of a dead friend for purposes, uh, possibly altruistic, possibly not. We'll get there in the story. Um, we've done a little bit of work beforehand, but, uh, Danny, are you ready to summon a genuine ghost? Oh, this seems real spooky. Let's do it. spooky. Let's dive in. Uh, okay, so, uh, we begin by preparing for the ritual. Uh, together we are going to briefly describe the setting for the story. We've been talking a little bit about this. Um, the year is 1984. Uh, what are we thinking? Like, Indiana? Something generically? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think in, that's... That Indiana seems it's pretty... Like the John Hughes. Very, yeah, kind of like a John Hughes town. Very, like, pastoral. Yeah. Quiet. It's almost like that Napoleon Dynamite-esque. Yeah. yeah, very... And it's very, like... I think it's very, like, sunny. I yeah. think it kind of clashes with everything that's about to unfold. It's it, very bright and cheerful. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, the, the guy next door is Satanic Ritual. Yeah. Really? Yeah, which, um, let's see, we choose our name for our characters. We've written them on the center of the pentagram. Um, I'm going to be playing uh, the necromancer, Baxter Helmstooth. Baxter is a 13-year-old boy. Um... He is a scrawny, pasty child. His it's the 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 main the story is primarily set in Baxter's bedroom, which is lined with uh, fantasy figurines and uh, like miniature miniatures, miniature war game figures. And Stop describing my room, Jeff. <laughs> hey, 
it's my room too. Like, they're all of our rooms <laughs> like this. If you're listening to this podcast, don't think I don't know that your room looks like this. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of like posters and VHS tapes. It is the iconic teen bedroom from 1984. Right. Um, and Baxter is the iconic nerdy child from 1984. He is me had I been born three, I guess, 16 years earlier? Yeah, me if I had been born 16 years earlier. If I had been 13 in 1984, <laughs> this would be the most me. <laughs> the most Jeff. He is um, scrawny with thick glasses. Uh, like kind of an alfalfa haircut. Oh, uh, nothing goes right for him when no. he when he tries to comb his hair. No, I no, I feel just a lot of like very very matted down, very wet. Ugh. He's <laughs> um he's got he's always seen wearing a uh, like a heavy metal t shirt or a Star Wars t shirt. There's no middle ground. Those are the two things that are on his shirts, and he. Has drawn a pentagram on the floor. His parents are out. They're seeing a movie. He is. He's like, I'm going to do this. They let right. me be by myself for the first, like for one of the. This is one of the first times I'm by myself. This is the right time to perform a satanic ritual. Perfect. So tell me about. So introduce your character in a few words. Your you. Uh, keep as much mystery as you want or tell us as much as you want. All right. Um, I will be playing uh, the deceased. Uh, and I am Karen Carver, a young woman, young young to mid-20s. And uh, in life, a nice uh, shoulder-length blonde hair, uh, lots of makeup. I was a makeup fanatic. Mm. Uh, tanned, like being outside. Sure. Uh, tend to, you know, ride my skateboard places and mm-hmm. chill out. Uh, I, was a, I was a pretty, your average, I was, I was letting my teens die away pretty late. Sure. I was still kind of digging that. Sure. You know, probably, chances are, you could see me around a community, local community college. Of, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Kind of bumming it a little bit. Yeah, bumming it a little bit. Maybe I had a class. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? Excellent. I'm, 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 I'm very excited about this. It's quite possible I would just hang out at college and not just because my friends were there. That's entirely possible. So, uh, now that we've got our characters, the next thing we're going to do is choose our central conflict. Uh, we have chosen justice. As the living, I wish to force my dead friend to take revenge on someone for me. And what are you after is the dead. I just want to remain at peace. Excellent. Uh, we have set up, we have our magic circle in front of us. Uh, we now move into the earth and water ritual. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, we've sprinkled a small circle of salt around uh, our pentagram for protection. Uh, we've, we've taken, we've got our pens. Uh, we're going to take one coin. We have two coins, a circle coin and a star coin. The circle coin is larger. We're placing that outside of the pentagram facing east. And we're taking the star coin, placing it heads up on the altar at the base of the pentagram. I am preparing to do a dangerous ritual of necromancy. Uh, like I said, it is my parents' bedroom. It is about 830 at night. Well, I said it's my it's my bedroom, not my parents' bedroom. It is my bedroom, 830 at night. My parents are off. At third, like just they just left for the movies. I've closed the door and locked it. Um, there are candles, 
and I see this pentagram. We see a lot of like collectibles, VHSs, video games, and NES is kind of in the corner. It's a and it is a, a very clustered scene, and this pentagram has sort of sort of pushed some things aside to set up this pentagram. The room itself is very cluttered. There's not a lot of space for this to be happening. If you would like to read the next section. All right. It'll be section C on Earth and Water. All right. Uh, I've died recently, and I'm new to the realm of the dead. That realm is... It's semi-peaceful, but there's a bit of turbulence to it. There, There's not... It's not quite the final resting place of the dead. Mm-hmm. Still, since it's been so recent, I'm still kind of working my way towards that. Um, it is a sort of empty field, but not quite... It's not like there's flowers mm-hmm. or anything. The colors seem a little drab. Um, and even the smells are a bit uh they're they're not quite strong in a, mm-hmm. even in a pleasant way or not even in a negative way it's just kind of bleh. there's not that that's urging me towards that hope of something final and uh it is a lot different from the where i used to live and you know my my house my room um, still lived at home with my parents trying to save up when I was, when I was alive. It was, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just kind of that, it leaves you longing for that, that final progression to wherever the souls may go. So I'm going to place my right index finger on the star coin. At some point before dying, uh, Karen gave Baxter the Red Box edition of the 1983 Dungeons and Dragons basic set. Uh, this coin represents that basic set. It is um, as complete as it can be when owned by a 13-year-old boy. The dice are kind of scattered around the bedroom, but like the books are all kind of weathered. The cover has fallen off of, like, it's starting yeah. to fall off of some of the things. That D4 is gone. D4. We just, we just kind of guess. <laughs> we, roll a, we roll a D6 and re-roll on a 5 or 6. Um, and that is, that is the object. Uh, the coins are ritual objects. Over the course of the ritual, uh, the circle coin, which is outside of the, the pentagram, will move, to, will move to the four cardinal directions. At the same time, the star coin will move will move to the five points of the pentagram, symbolizing the five stages of the ritual. Uh, as this is happening, just to let us know what's going to be happening, when the star coin moves, you're going to say a word from beyond and give us uh, a single word, whatever word comes to mind. And then when we ever, whenever we move the circle coin, we're both going to hum until it gets to the next direction. Okay. So we begin with the ritual of Earth. The living and the dead remember their shared community from before the death. I'm going to invoke Earth with the following three motions. I'm going to place my finger on the spirit point of the pentagram. Then moving towards Earth, I'm going to trace the entire pentagram with my finger. Then I'm going to move the star coin. 
Then I'm going to move the star point to the earth point of the pentagram. Hmm. Then I'm going to I'm going to slide the circle coin counterclockwise to the north, the cardinal direction of Earth. What is our word from beyond? Disturbance. Disturbance. We are going to shuffle the diamonds. Take a moment, because these cards are face down. There we go. Ha-ha! And we are going to shuffle these, include one joker. And we're each going to draw two random cards and look at them. Okay. Taking the turns, we're going to name, briefly describe two people in our shared community. Using some prompts that are uh, in front of us that correspond to the cards that we've drawn. And then we each have some prompts after that. So if you would draw a card. All right. And I will draw a card. Would you like to go first or should I? Uh, I, I think I got something. All right. So someone from my my past, or shared past, someone humble and helpful. I think uh, my uncle is a very humble and helpful person. He opened He opened up a GameStop. Or, uh, well, not a GameStop, Game Shop. Sure. Um, and he, uh, he offered me a job there. And he was very well loved in that nerd community. Because mm-hmm. it was very small in a small yeah. town. And he, he tried very hard to get, uh, to get things up and running. And it was very tough for him to get his business started. And, but he was always very, very kind and humble about his um, about his successes, and he he was always willing to sit and help new customers find something or find uh, find their way through a new rule system, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm supposed to do it twice. I realized. Oh, okay. So I I have someone suffering and ignored. Um, I don't think Baxter was the the dungeon master of his early Dungeons and Dragons games. I think that his friend, uh, his friend Mark, his friend Mark was the DM, and we, as the way that teens did, we never took the game terribly seriously, and you could tell that it like weighed on Mark. He really wanted to tell this very serious fantasy story. Uh, he was a brilliant writer, and, you know, he's the kind of person that is going to get out of this small town. And we sort of just dumped on him by, like, burning down taverns and trying to steal pigs. <laughs> you know, we were teen boys, but, like, Mark Mark was a good person. He... Wanted to, he wanted he 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 wanted this game for the storytelling purposes, where I wanted it as a font of arcane power. All right, makes sense. Can we go one more. Yeah. So I have someone intelligent and forgotten. I think that would be my mother, Betty Carver. She, uh, unfortunately, in this in this world, uh, we she. Uh, she and my father got divorced at a very young age. And 
when I, when I was still very young and, and she unfortunately, uh, she, she saw her, her future elsewhere. And luckily my father was able to, to raise me, uh, on his own, but it, she, uh, while she was still living with us, she was the most, uh, inspiring person. She was so intelligent and very smart, always encouraged me to follow my dreams and study and, and I would amount to great things. But of course, once she moved away, uh, studies kind of fell by the wayside. It really wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to hang out with my friends. And I have uh, someone enthusiastic and confused, and I'm going to slot into that my nemesis, the bane of my existence, Ace Dashwood. Oh, I hate him. He's the most popular kid in school. Everybody loves him, and he has only ever been a jerk to me. And now, the, the you going off of the prompts, enthusiastic and confused, I think it really had, there's, there's this beautiful aspect of, like, I think we can flash forward to years later, like, at reunions. Ace is the kind of popular kid that, like, people kind of slotted in. Like, people were like, oh, well, you were popular, and you were popular, and, every, you know, cool, you were a bully. And he's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I know exactly what he was talking that, about. He was that person that, like, at a reunion, every people were like, oh, you were so mean. And he's like, name one thing I did. Uh, you yeah, know what you, you did. You know. <laughs> he, he wasn't, I think he maybe wasn't the bully, but, like... Was friend like because he's kind of friends with everybody. He was maybe friends with some kids he that was, were jerks. He was bully adjacent. Yeah, and people kind of assumed that he was the ringleader when really he was just a friendly, nice guy that was around people. Yeah, and maybe just oh, he he's such a jerk. He ignored me. Meanwhile, yeah. he had his headphones on. And yeah, couldn't. and he was busy. Like he's on. He's doing sports and taking school really seriously because he wants to go to college in the fall. <laughs> Ace is working really hard, and sometimes that means he makes sacrifices. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to be mean to Ace, because I love him. Oh, no. So, um, go ahead. All right. These memories are beginning to stir up the environment in the realm of the dead. I, I notice that in this kind of blah world, there's a bit of light coming back, a little bit of that joy and that that brightness and vibrancy that I miss. As I complete the ritual of Earth, my body feels different. My fingers are clutching this rule book and they're starting to ache. And I'm feeling this, I'm hunched over this pentagram and my shoulders are really burning. I just feel this profound, disturbed sense of unease. Like, my body is physically trying to remove me from this situation. I'm just the picture of discomfort. But I'm kind of used to being uncomfortable, and I'm kind of just pretending it's not there. It's kind of what I do. Now we move on to the ritual of water. Like a eulogy, the living and the dead remember the details of their friendship. I'm going to invoke water by uh, I'm going to invoke water with the following three motions. To form an invoking pentagram of water, I'm going to place my index finger on the pentagram of water and, and 
moving towards air, trace the pentagram with my finger. Then, I'm going to move the star coin to the water point of the pentagram. Then, I'm going to slide the circle coin around the circle counterclockwise to the west, the cardinal direction of water. A word from beyond. Unease. Then we're going to take the hearts cards. Each draw, we're each going to draw one card, look at it, and describe a past scene from our friendship that corresponds with the prompts in front of us. Although this scene is primarily about us, it must also include at least one community member from the paper. Okay. Feel free to embellish the story with prescriptive details. And as we're both telling stories, we can all we can the other person can feel free to ask questions and fill in things that way. Okay. Just Sorry? one. Just one. Good. This is very, very, very good. This is excellent. All right. Would you like to go first or should I? I think you should go first All right. this time. So uh, mine is a time I lied to my friend. Um, we, Mark and I, uh, Mark, me, Mark, uh, Specs, Chester, Annabelle, all of us kind of like showed up at the game store one day and like lied and told Karen we were older than we were and cool. Like, we had, we, we showed up there kind of like, I think we showed up separately. Ah. Uh. And had for like, saddled up to be like, hey, you got any cool games? Not like kid stuff, like adult stuff. And then kind of like, we had planned this. Because we were like, if we show up as a group, they're going to think we're nerds and give us candy land. They're going to think we're kids. So like, we did a thing where like, Maybe Specs was reading a comic over in, like, the comics <laughs> rack and kind of, like, slide over, like, what are y'all playing? And we had this whole situation, and it was the least subtle thing in the <laughs> So there was a... You all came into this store, and hey, where's your... Like le- legit stash, yeah. not <laughs> and and when I right and when I say we came into the store, like we came in separately, but like the big windows on the game store, you could see us walking <laughs> up and then kind of like stopping and going one at a time. Okay, so I'm picturing Karen just watching this. Yeah, watching. it's it's one of those things that would have. What the? What are you? You'd have just given us the game. <laughs> it's. It's not beer. You can just buy it. It's whatever. Okay. And that's my scene. It's wonderful. Uh, I'm a... I have... Your friend gave you romantic advice. Oh, God. No. No. Pastor, don't do that. So, I imagine... Oh, this is going to be hard to include someone from our, our story. I haven't really developed a romantic relationship with. Well, it doesn't have to be. You can you can add another like like add another character, and then okay. one of these characters can be like around. Okay. Play it by ear. Okay. So what I think happened is Karen was a little distant. 
more distant than normal mm-hmm. than at her day at work where her uncle lovingly hired her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she she's not a good worker. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Karen is not. She's there to make a very meager paycheck because her uncle needed help at the store. So how long after after we purchased the the red box would would, you, would is this taking place? Oh man, probably. And like what was and like what was our like how often were we around like the store? You little idiots just hung out constantly. You were always in seeing if there was a new like game guide or whatever to a new um adventure had come out or something man it was i guess you were better than some of the other people that came in but you guys were just so nerdy and i i don't know anything about these stupid games i you would always ask me questions so about about a week after you you got that that damn D&D box, you kept coming in and asking for, I don't know, getting the toys that come with it. What are the, the miniatures or whatever? So this was about a week after and you were bugging me about that. And I was just, I just didn't want to help you because I was, I had my own stuff and I was worried about uh, getting a date with, uh, let's say I was I was looking for a date with Chris, and I just wanted you guys to leave me alone. You're like, well, why? Why, why aren't you helping us? Why aren't you? So I just, you know why? Because I want a date with Chris, and I can't get one because I'm not pretty enough. And of course, the response for any 13 year old mm-hmm. is, "Oh, you're real pretty. Mm-hmm. You got a date with anybody you want." And that was the romantic advice. That's <laughs> real bad. That I received. That's, that's sweet in its own way. It is. So let me ask you this. What did your uncle say as you were, like, complaining about this that kind of softened, uh, that kind of softened your view of these annoying dweebs? <laughs> It was, oh man, it, you guys just were so annoying, and you were just so uncool. If you guys were my age, I would not want to hang out with you. But my uncle did explain that it's not really popular to like these kind of games, and they're doing, you're kind of getting your own social and interactions in your own weird ways. So he, he explained it to me like that, and yeah, he's right, and I'm I'm old enough to. He he also told me, you know, you're old enough to not be judging. These are kids. Mm-hmm. You're an adult. You know, mm-hmm. let them have fun. They're not hurting anybody. Yeah, they're annoying, but they're excited about something. So I the next uh, we do this until we've included all of our community members. So the next card that I've drawn, and this is the greatest card draw that has ever been done. So I'm going to tell a story about how my friend embarrassed me. <laughs> okay. So, um, with that in mind, you know, you've been told that they're kids and that we're figuring some stuff out and that we're not the coolest kids. Um, 
and we're playing in like we're we a lot of our games are in like the back room of the game store where they oh, have yeah. the mini stuff set up, and we're playing. And I think you showed up and, like, showed interest in the way that a parent does to a kid with a hobby. Oh, and what's going on here, guys? And we had the unbearable experience of having to explain our D&D game to a person that does not oh. actually, is not actually interested in hearing about it. And it's extra bad because currently we were fighting the the vampire lord Ace Dashwood. Oh no! <laughs> and then uh, and we're explaining this, and like you probably knew Ace's brother. Oh uh, yeah, he, he was Chase. He was you knew Chase, Chase Dashwood. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the same deal. He How did these kids be popular instead of getting beaten up? <laughs> They were the chis- chiseled, chiseled jaws. <laughs> Too cool. Dimples. Dimples. Skateboards. Leather jackets. The whole nine yards. Buzzwords. Buzzwords. <laughs> Teens. Teens. Brand marketing. Influencers. Click here to find more. Um, they were, you know, it's the same deal. He was, the, and so as soon as you hear the name Dashwood, you understand what we're doing is just like venting about this guy that we don't like. And it's, it is what it is. But like, but like, we're all just looking in the face and being like, we're fighting the vampire. His name is Ace Dashwood. The vampire. You mean Dashwood like, like Marcy Dashwood on, on Culpepper Street? No, no, it's a different Dashwood. Ah. Different Dashwood. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> and I think that is when um, Spex's brother Ace rolls up on his skateboard and like picks like picks up his younger brother. Oh Spe- no, Spex Dashwood. What? <laughs> and we're all just like extra embarrassed because like. Now the bullying, like, now the, like, oh, he's my nemesis is also because he's his friend's older brother, and, like... What does Specs feel about this? Specs actually... This is another one of those flash-forward moments, right? This yeah. is another one of those, like, high school reunion moments. Like, Specs really respects his brother. Like, they really get along. Oh. Because, like, we find out... I think we'll find out later, like... Specs is like, yeah, like, people didn't really pick on us that badly. Partially because my brother was always there to be like, yeah, they're fine. Like, they're having fun. Don't be mean to them. So these these quote-unquote losers, and I'm using that term right. in a general sense, yeah. are, they're not actually really bullied at school. Not real. Like, I think there are a few kids making fun of them, yeah. and then, but there's also people like Ace that are, like, being nice and being like, don't pick. Like, you don't pick on them. That's my little brother. You can't pick on them. Yeah, they're, like, they're just having a good time. Yeah, just, like, they're just want... weird. Let oh them be weird. God. And this, this little... Toxic masculine shit is like <laughs> is like no, I hate him. He's everything I hate. Oh my god! I'm gonna summon a, I'm gonna summon a ghost. <laughs> oh, the twists and turns. It's getting it's heavy. This is a big game. It is heavy. So give me give me a last story. So we have uh, your friend chose someone else over you. 
So what I feel happened is there was a, there was a night where I kind of started to invest myself uh-huh. in your weekly D&D games to the point where I asked my uncle if I could work uh-huh. that night just to kind of... Because, yeah, once once he described that, it was almost endearing. Like, all of these kids having a uh-huh. good time, whatever. I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to make sure you guys didn't get, didn't get into trouble. And it, it, was, it was easier for me. And, I you know, I could talk to you guys. And it was the one night that I was supposed to call my mom, Mm -hmm. Betty Carver. Mm -hmm. And we had only ever spoken a handful of times after, after the divorce. And it was, uh, it was really, uh, I was really torn because I had to decide whether or not I was going to go to work that night or if I was going to have that phone call with my mom and risk not talking to her mm-hmm. for another three or four months until she remembered that I was here. So I, I came, I came that one night and I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I need the money anyway. And I don't mind having these kids around. Mm-hmm. It beats, it beats the other guy who, who works for my uncle and he's kind of a hard ass about mm-hmm. everything. So I'll, I'll, I'll go in and lo and behold, you little nerds didn't show up that mm-hmm. night. And I was so upset that I, I was, I chose to come here mm-hmm. To, to see you guys through this this D and D match and find see you finally beat Ace <laughs> so finally beat Ace Vampire Lord in your that's definitely what Karen calls it <laughs> she didn't make that great attention <laughs> she didn't know she's she's got no idea she, that vampire guy Ace um it, I was finally gonna watch you beat this Ace Vampire guy because like secretly. I kind of liked watching uh-huh. you. Like it's, it's it's pretty cool. I was never into that nerdy stuff, but kind of living vicariously. That's uh-huh. eh, whatever. So that was that was a big that was a big disappointment, and I kind of but I never talked about it. I never said that to you. So uh, now we're gonna we're gonna do this again, but build on the the scene. We're gonna build on the existing story using the cards prompt, however you wish. Uh, I've drawn the King of Hearts. That is the friend manipulated you into doing something. Ooh. So I think what we were doing that night, instead of playing D and D, was uh, I had come up with a plan to prank, like to get, to get, just we can get him for real. We're gonna kill the vampire, but we can get him for, for real. real. <laughs> and I had come up with this really dumb prank. Like, it was something I saw on, like, Three's Company. Like, Bucket with feathers, and they were going to fall on him. Well, tar him, feather him. Yeah, except I didn't have... It was just going to be feathers. feathers. So, this is a mess. And so, it's like, I came up with this plan, and, like, what we were doing was having a fight. And Zemex had to be like, you can't do this! He's my brother. (laughs) And let me ask you a question. Okay. What was, what is your, what was and is your relationship like with Chase? Who I think is, at this point, we're in the summer. Uh, so I think he's probably back from college 
on like his scholarship. What was your what was your you what was your friendship like? Chase Chase Dashwood. Uh, well, my date with Chris never happened, mm-hmm. but Chase Dashwood was definitely the pick of the litter mm-hmm. when it came to guys mm-hmm. right out of college. Smart dude, handsome dude. We'd go skateboarding together. We spent a lot of time together. There, there was a lot of. So then, the follow-up question: Since this is this is uh, my friend manipulated us into doing something, I think what it ended up being was that like Chase was back. You know, Ace's little brother's friends were fighting, and Ace kind of felt bad about that. So I think like I think the next time we showed up for game night. Like, you with you had, like, enlisted Chase to bring in Ace and have, like, a sit-down. Oh, my God. And for us, it was, like, it was, in our eyes, like, I, I got a question for you, but in our eyes, it was, like, Ace and his bro- and his cool brother, like, crashing our sacred thing. And oh so, my in my God. mind, I'm like, this, he, he sabotaged it. He tried to kill our D&D game. So, let me ask you. Did we know that, like, you arranged this? You know what? Don't think you did. <laughs> Good. Good. Excellent. I think that was a conversation that Chase and I had. Maybe in the backseat of his Chevy Impala. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think maybe... I think maybe Specs knew, right? Like, Specs and his brother have this really heartfelt moment where it's like... Look, I know you're trying to take care, but, like, your friends still, like, pick on us. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to them. Like, I'll work on this. Like, I can't promise anything, but I love you. You're my brother, and I'm going to work on But I'm sitting here in the back just fucking fuming. (laughs) I love this family. (laughs) They're they're really loving and supportive, and I am just misreading all of it. And I'm just like, no, oh. you fucking tried to ruin all of this. <laughs> and now we're going to draw one more card. I'm going to have you draw a card. And this scene must foreshadow uh, your motivation. Or must foreshadow... We each draw a card. And this scene must foreshadow our motivation in the coming... Con- in the central conflict. Okay. This is me wanting uh, revenge on Ace Dashwood. And this is you just wanting peace. So, uh, my friend brought me to a party. Oh, no. <laughs> How's this going to play into the narrative? So, you got a 10, which is you're celebrated a holiday with your friend. Yeah. So, uh, if I may. Yes. I think there's a good combination. Absolutely. Which is a 4th of July barbecue. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And, like, everybody is there. Is, is Chase Dashwood there? Chase is absolutely... This is the Dashwood the, family This barbecue. is the Dashwood family barbecue. Nobody, oh. nobody in Murraysville misses the Dashwood family barbecue. Yeah, it's anyone who's anyone. And they of have, course, they're so nice, they invite everyone. They have a whole pig. A, a whole, whole pig. pig. They, have, they buried that pig for three days. Oh my god. That, that might actually not even be how you prepare a pig. I don't think it is. <laughs> 
That's her, that's what Baxter has interpreted as whatever they've prepped, they've done to prep this thing. He's like, they must have buried it for like three days or something. You know, they, they go hard. <laughs> so this is just, it's almost like a block party. Mm-hmm. But just on the Dashwood property. Yeah, there they have a big house. Maybe it spills it over into the neighbors, but the neighbors are cool with it. Yeah. Because the neighbors are invited. Yeah. It's everybody has a great time, except for Baxter, who... What do you say to Baxter? You see him sitting by himself, holding a Dr. Pepper with both hands. (laughs) Stop. Stop describing me at every party I ever go to, Jeff. Hey, hey, look. <laughs> uh, Karen, despite this little wiener being mm-hmm. a bit of an annoyance in her in her job, she kind of, all right, goes over. She kind of, she's torn because Chase is over. And he's mm-hmm. just like, hey, come over. Yeah, she just showed up. And, uh. He, he, I, th- I think she approaches uh, approaches Baxter, and she doesn't kneel in front of him in that condescending way, because I feel feel like that's something Baxter would not be mm-hmm. okay with. Mm-hmm. He just, what's the matter, man? Just, just hate him so much. Try to kill our game. It's just, I hate him so much. What's he? done to you? He... I... Everything! Everything that's happened to us has been because of him! He... I... He knows what he did. Now, Karen here, as a young adult, remembers, quite recently, the difficulties of being a teenager. So, she kind of nods and listens, and she goes... Listen, you're you're almost in high school now. I'm gonna be the king of the high school. Prob- then, then they'll see. Probably not, but all right. All right. Well, that's fair. It's, let's let's be honest. But you're you're almost there. Just kind of hold out. Make new friends in high school. Keep your old friends. A lot of stuff will open up. Just, you seem to have a lot of good times at the game. And just don't try any of that stuff anymore. With, I don't know what you guys are doing. You're giving giving Chase some issues because his younger brothers are fighting. And just kind of, you know... Come to come to the store on Friday nights and and play your game and I'll be there and whatever. And that works, but then backfires in the worst way imaginable in a way that fuels the conflict. Because Baxter stands up and says, "You are right. I am almost an adult. I am almost fifteen. It's time to make amends." And he marches over, Dr. Pepper still in both hands, and he stands next to Ace, and he offers a handshake and says loudly, I have decided to forgive you for all that you have done to me. (laughs) And Ace, being enthusiastic and confused, is literally like, 
dude, I don't know what I did to you. Yeah. Like, I, I accept, but I'm not really sure what I did. Yeah. And Baxter being completely unable to enunciate that secretly it might be nothing just bails. <laughs> it's like, he doesn't even know what he did to me. He doesn't even realize. He doesn't even realize what he's done. Oh, no. He's, he's so far gone. And, of course, Karen just kind of puts her head in her hands and just, whatever, and just goes to Chase. And, <laughs> and Chase is like, hey, you tried. You tried. You tried your best. I can't with this kid. And now as we move into fire and air, we establish a magical link. Ooh. I'm going to place my right index finger on the star coin. I'm going to place my right index finger on the star coin. Alright, so the first thing I'm going to do is place my right index finger on the star coin. And say, this is important to me. Because it was the thing that held together our friendship. It was what, it was what kept us, like, kept our friendship together. It was the glue, the glue to the, like, to the four of us, or the five of us. Was this game. Yeah. And so we all... Like, that was what makes that this D&D manual important. And it was what we shared that people like Ace will never understand about us. Alright. Now you are going to flip it over. And there's a secret about this object that I don't know. No. What is it? It's the fact that when my uncle opened the game store... He didn't really know anything about any of this new Dungeons and Dragons, whatever. But a friend of mine in college told me about it and told me about the good stuff that, you know, some socially awkward Mm -hmm. kids can. And now I wasn't really into it at the time, but I mentioned it to my uncle and he kind of nodded his head and listened as I told him about how a lot of these younger kids are picking this stuff mm-hmm. up and it's helping them learn and all this other great stuff. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. Let me. And then my uncle went out and got a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons box sets and miniatures. Box sets? Boxes, miniatures, yeah. you know what I mean. The whole the whole nine yards. So in reality, even though I was never truly interested in it, it was my direct influence mm-hmm. that got him to bring this item into uh That's that's real good. <laughs> oh good, I was No, that's great. <laughs> And now we move into the ritual of fire to summon the dead into the conversation with the living. Both friends recall the death. This, is, this section establishes the cause of death, or if it has already been established, adds complicating details. So I'm going to invoke fire with the three following motions. First, to form a pentagram of fire, I'm going to place my finger on spirit. Moving towards fire, I'm going to draw the pentagram with my finger. Then, I'm going to move the star coin to the fire point of the pentagram. Then I'm going to slide the circle counterclockwise to the south, the direction of fire. 
Then we are going to shuffle the club's suit. And include one joker. And as the dead, you are going to draw two cards, look at them, and answer the following questions using the prompts in the fire legend. Okay. Uh, You are going to answer... There's some questions about how you died. All right. Let me... Take my two cards and read them. And I'll discover a story. I want to draw two cards as well and answer some questions about where I was the day that I learned you had died. I got a good one. I got a real good one. So I pulled a three and a six. A journey and a celebrity or popular person. Mm Mm-hmm. So my death was very untimely. Uh, It was something that really shook the neighborhood when Mm -hmm. it happened. Because I had toyed around with going to college. I hadn't really committed to it. And after the 4th of July party, Chase and I sat down. And he discussed maybe bringing me to college with him. Just Mm -hmm. to kind of check it out. See if it was my thing. And he didn't go to the local community college. He actually went to to one the next state over. Mm -hmm. So he said, listen, I'm going to go back early. You can drive with me. And we'll um, we'll, we'll check this out. So my popular person was was Chase Mm -hmm. Chase Dashwood. And we, we drove in a Chevy Impala. And... He, unfortunately, uh, during our trip, greened off the road, mm-hmm. and he survived, uh, but I was killed on impact. So I drew the ten, a sickness, and the joker, a careless mistake. I... I was actually homesick. Uh, I had eaten too much candy the day, or I had eaten too much at the barbecue, like, or, you know, let's see, this was, this would have been the end of summer, early fall, so, like, yeah, I think I probably just, like, my, you know, my, my birthday is, like, late, is, like, early September, and I just had too much cake, like, the day that, and I was supposed to, like, I was supposed to be there for... Like, Chase's goodbye party, which uh, you would, I would have seen you. Yeah, at, yeah. And I just wasn't. I was just sick. And there's also the careless mistake that my parents left the TV on. Like, my dad my dad went to, like, fix something on the boat in the backyard yeah. and left the TV on. And there was a news report that, like, featured, like, I saw, I saw the crash. Oh, the, no. Like, the crash site. And I was just, like... I got way, like, way too much of it. Yeah. Like, I saw too much of it. And I was already sick and, like, fever, like, you know, a little feverish. Yeah. And, like, just out of it. And I'm seeing that and I'm delirious. And I'm just watching this. And I just hear, like, the name Dashwood. And I'm just, this is, this is it. <laughs> like, this oh. is, 
this is the line that shall never be crossed. Ace did this to me. I don't know how. Oh my god. He did this to me. He killed her. So, uh, in response to these memories, you're catching a glimpse back into the world of the living. I, since I'm in a field, it's almost like a tear Mm -hmm. or like a curtain blowing open. And instead of seeing outside like you would in in a window, I see inside this room that I've never seen before. But judging from what I've seen from being in Chase's house. Mm-hmm. I've seen Specs room before and mm-hmm. you can kind of tell that it's a kid, nerdy kid's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that bland nothing smell mm-hmm. just burns away and it's it's just prepubescent stank. Mm-hmm. Like it's really not a great stench to be reunited with after However long of not smelling anything really strongly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, uh, it's but an unpleasant welcome to the to the world of humanity. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not what you'd want to wake up to. Right. And <laughs> uh, the it, the curtain kind of draws back, and I feel just drawn towards it through the the. Uh, the ritual. And as I complete the ritual of fire, hints of the dead realm are gathering within the circle. Um, I'm watching the circle as I'm like hunched over it and I look up and like I'm watching it and it starts to like expand and like blades of grass, little like pockets of grass start pumping up. This like kind of brownish green. Yeah. Empty like late fall Indiana grass is like popping up. And, like, the, the circle starts to expand and spread, and I'm kind of, like, taking steps back, and suddenly I'm looking around my room, and it's starting to, like, spread out, and my room is starting to, it's real cluttered, but now, like, the bed is suddenly f- several feet away, and the room just feels spacious, and despite all of the clutter in it, it is suddenly feeling increasingly, like, empty and wide and it's hollow. A real House of Leaves situation here. Yeah. yeah. So now we, now I summon the dead. All right. I'm about to conjure my dead friend into the circle of salt. Uh, I answer the following questions. It has been, uh, how long has it been? I'm going to say, oh, it's definitely the same day. I'm definitely like sick and feverish. Sick and feverish. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been, I haven't even... I might not. Yeah. I, I've just kind of realized that I'm not alive anymore. Right. Like, this whole situation is sort of, like, <laughs> cementing that. And, yeah, I am, like, I'm sick, but my parents are still going to the movies. It's because you ate too much cake. It's like, yeah. you're not really sick. They're like, you just sleep it off. <laughs> just sleep it off. You're 13. You're fine. Parents are like, look, Chud's only going to be in theaters another three, another like week or two tops. We're going to see Chud. You think we're not going to go see Chud just because you ate a bunch of cake? And they don't, well, let me say, they don't say this to him. They're just kind of no. like, I think the dad is just like, look, Chud's only going to be in theaters another week. I'm not staying home just because he ate too much cake. That's his own, his own damn fault. He's I'm 13 like, years yeah, old. Yeah, no, I don't, I, we, I'm not, 
I'm not. This is going to be and this is going to be a movie we're going to talk about for years. <laughs> we're going to talk about Chud for years as a society and a people who can't rem- who can't forget that amazing motion picture masterpiece. Uh, look, I'm just saying, Chud. Like, look, uh, look we'll, we'll, here's what we'll do. We'll stop by. We'll stop by. We'll stop by this door. We'll get him a Star Wars poster. He'll love it. But I want to go see Chud. Yeah, Chud's important. <laughs> <laughs> Some parents are hoping to go see Chud. <laughs> um, and, like, I have... I've been reading up on on, on, on satanic ritual, because of course I have. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons, and those things are directly connected. Um, and, like... I'm just sort of seeing if this works. I don't think I necessarily know I have the power to do this. I think I'm just, like, seeing if it works. Is, is this an actual ritual that's listed in the Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, you know what? Like, that's even what it is. I don't even have books on Satanism or anything. Like, I'm legit just, like, copying some things out of a rule book. Well, this is how the necromancers do it. This is how it witches says, are made. It says this is how I'm supposed to speak with dead and this is the speak with dead spell. I am at least a third level wizard. So, yeah. I've been studying this for like a year and a half. I am oh at least. <laughs> oh, there's tears. Oh, there's real tears. That was funny. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> And I'm, I'm kind of a food poison delirious mess, so who even knows if any of this is happening right oh now? Oh my god, that's the ultimate twist. And I'm going to turn the star coin back over. Okay. Heads up on the fire point. I'm going to place the, my index finger on the star coin and repeat three times. Beloved Karen Carver, thou who perished by car crash, through this Dungeons and Dragons red box, I conjure thee. Beloved Karen Carver, thou who perished by car crash through this Dungeons and Dragons red box, I conjure thee. Beloved Karen Carver, thou who perished by car crash through this Dungeons and Dragons red box, I conjure thee. What do you look and sound like when you appear in the magic circle? I am... So... Poor Baxter had the misfortune of seeing the crash Mm -hmm. on the news. Uh... But it, if you've ever seen that kind of reporting, it's always, like, from a helicopter, mm-hmm. it's far away. You just kind of see the crash, mm-hmm. but you never see the person. Mm-hmm. And it's clear immediately how I died mm-hmm. on impact. There is just shards of glass embedded mm-hmm. in my face. My nose is broken and blood is just dripping from it. And and it, like, uh, my arm is kind of at a mm-hmm. weird angle as it hangs by my side. I'm truly just a grotesque. Mm-hmm. It, from what was once a very pretty girl mm-hmm. is now utterly just, like, there's clumps of mm-hmm. just... Probably brain matter yep. in my hair kind of thing. It's all clumped and disgusting and... Ugh. And I, I look at all of this and I don't... I mean, I'm unfazed. Like I, like, I think I take a step back and I say, Karen, you were the only person to understand the magnitude of what we were doing. 
help me, help me avenge you. Help me get final vengeance on Ace Dashwood. Help me, you know, really just help me prank him real bad. I'm going to prank him real bad. Are you fucking serious? I am deathly serious. No, you don't get to get my vengeance. You don't get to say deathly serious. Poor poor choice of words. Understood. But I am extremely serious. We are going to make him suffer. And in front of everybody, he's got the pep rally next week. He's going to look like such a fool. You know, I was just about to pass over, like, into that good place. I'm very happy for you. You have one last job before you do that, though. No, that's... Listen, kid. Ace Dashwood is this imagined... Just antagonist in your head, and I can't. And she just kind of like scratches her eye, and then she like feels it. And she can feel that it's like mm-hmm. not an eye anymore. It's not really. It's like oh, all right. <laughs> just kind of pokes her socket. Like <laughs> I don't think you understand what matters. And what doesn't. I understand it better than you ever did. Uh, what matters now is, is is making things right. Is restoring balance to the force. Alright, listen here, Chewbacca. Th- this is not... I'm... I'm not gonna help you prank somebody... If you wanted to maybe do something nice for someone, but you know what? I I could use this time on Earth to visit my loved ones, to say goodbye to Chase one more time. I'm giving you a choice. You can either aid me in my vengeance... Or you can face an eternity of turmoil with my arcane powers that I apparently have. I... I'm just gonna go back through this... This curtain. <laughs> <laughs> we begin the ritual of air. With the living and the dead draw weapons for their final battle. <laughs> invoke air with the following three motions. I form an invoking pentagram. Starting at the water, moving towards air, I draw my pentagram. Then I take the star coin, and I move it to the air point. We move the circle to the cardinal direction of air. What's our final, what is our final word from beyond? Desperation. Mm. And now we shuffle... Our spades include one joker. Shuffle our spades include a joker. Each each of us will randomly draw four cards and use three of them. Okay. These correspond to the weapons in the air legend that are available to use in battle. Each weapon card has a literal meaning and an abstract meaning. We choose which one we're going to use. Okay. If you would... If you would, take four cards. All right. Two, three, four. 
One, two, three, four. And now I will flip the coin. I will flip the star coin so that it lands on the table. If it lands heads up, the living goes first in the final battle. If it lands tails up, the dead will go first. That wasn't a flip. That was not. That was a noise that will be edited out later. Also, I'm going to flip it on here because this is real loud. Yeah, I was going to say we want to flip it somewhere else. Tails. Tails up. Tails up. The dead goes first. I place the star coin in the center of the pentagram so it touches both names. So, um... You will take one of your four cards. You'll only use three of them. Okay. Uh, you'll choose one, place it face up inside the magic circle, and describe how you use that weapon. Okay. So I have the jack right here, mm-hmm. which goes for an animal or passion. So I'm going to use my weapon, your passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, through the realm of the dead, I conjure... Kobolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of scurry around you and because it's 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 undead, so it's not entirely like that. But they're terrifying right. looking creatures which you've never seen the likes of before, except perhaps crudely drawn in some some instructional books, and they kind of surround you and start I have the king, which is an important document. I throw the, I, I rip open the red box and I grab my monster. Like I find, I find the page on kobolds. Oh my god! And I'm reading from them, and I'm like, aha! I'm like reading their 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 stats, and I'm like, but but if you do this, but you only have a morale of seven. <laughs> And I start like yelling at them, and they start scattering. And as oh, I'm no. reading, like I'm reading about them, and I'm like basically uh, using using their game abilities to be like, "Aha! But you have built no traps. You have no advantage on me." And they're like, "Oh no! Oh no!" <laughs> so we then have uh, I then have a nine, mm-hmm. which is a candle or nightmares. So these kobolds. Uh, in their shock and horror, I, they start to turn, and I, I have a question for Baxter Mm -hmm. here. Even though he's a teenage boy, we all have that one thing we have nightmares of constantly. Mm -hmm. We have that one, and it, it, even as we get older, it's that irrational fear that maybe we're even kind of a little pissed off that we have. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm afraid of that, but we still have that recurring nightmare. What is Baxter's nightmare? Baxter's nightmare is... Hmm. Baxter's nightmare is getting pulled underwater. Oh. He actually, um... He actually, like... He really struggled uh, with his, like... Fresh is like eighth grade gym class because they were doing swim stuff. Oh no! And he like legit just struggles to go underwater. It is it is it is the most terrifying thing in the world for him. Oh no! And so I think it is. So I think what it like the kobolds. I think that the the 
the floor underneath him turns to water, and he just starts to, like, fall down. He's like, no, no! And the kobolds start, like, grabbing him and pushing him yeah. into the wise. Like, yeah. No! No! And uh, I am going to... Oh, yeah. I am going to play an eight, which is magic words. He starts screaming the names of different spells that he knows from the spell book. <laughs> burning hands! Burning hands! And his hands and fire shoots from his hands oh. and scatters the cobalt. He's like, levitate! Levit-. Oh, I'm levitating! I'm levitating! I am a powerful wizard! This is a level five spell! <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, my last card. And you know what? I'm going to use... For 10, community allies. Uh, as the as he begins to levitate, he mm-hmm. kind of comes up out of the water. And Karen is just kind of like shaking her head. Like she's not in this powerful stance mm-hmm. of, I'm crafting a spell. She's just kind of standing there like, mm-hmm. dude, come on. And she just kind of shakes her head and she says, your friends don't want you to do this. Think about specs. Think about... Think about the other people who are around you. Do they really have that much of a problem with Ace? Do they really hate him so much and people are trying to help you guys exist together and you're just so full of anger that you just... You just want... To get this guy. You want a nemesis. You want a real life D&D. That's what you want. And it really is. It's tearing your friends apart. At, at the barbecue, you didn't even hang out with your friends. You just sat there. Because you were angry at this guy. For what? And I think I'm going to counter this and move into the end game. But I'm gonna twist it and not quite counter it because I'm gonna play my Joker, which is what my what my friend does not know, and it is that. Uh, I, oh no, I don't. I'm gonna counter it and then move into the end game by revealing a whole there a whole bunch of stuff is about to happen here. I'm oh no! Like, uh, what my friend doesn't know is that this has to happen. You don't understand. The final confrontation is happening. The showdown is happening. And he pulls from his back pocket a note. And it just says, Meet me by the flagpole tomorrow morning before school. Ace. And I'm like, you don't understand. This has to happen now because tomorrow he's gonna, he's gonna get me. And he's, it's over. The final confrontation. We have to do it now. And then I'm pretty sure we both know that Karen is winning, just (laughs) fading away (laughs) as I move the spirit. (laughs) As I move my coin to the spirit token, the spirit. As I move my coin to the spirit point on the pentagram, I'm pretty sure we both know that Karen wins that, and everything just kind of fades back into what it was. I'd like to have one point of pleasant ending. Mm -hmm. As Karen fades, the dead grass mm-hmm. 
she just is kind of shaking her head as she starts to fade away. Like she's kind of like she's disappointed in Baxter uh-huh. and not like, dude, come on. Uh-huh. As she starts to fade the grass as a kind of goes back into itself and the, the dead, the, the uh, realm of the dead kind of closes back in around her. There's a brightness about it uh-huh. that wasn't there before. There's just, there's more color. Uh-huh. And then right before it closes up, that wonderful pop of maybe like, it almost looks like Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, bright, and there's a scent of, of wildflowers just kind of lingering. And I think everything quickly kind of closes back in. And Baxter's just there in his room, just hearing, just hearing echoing. Dude, come on. <laughs> Dude, come on. Dude, come on. Dude, come on. And he sits, and he he puts the book down, and he just kind of, like, falls into his bed and passes out and sleeps for, like, 12, 16 hours. (laughs) Same. And gets up half dehydrated, half alive, and, like, stumbles to school. And just all he's hearing is just, dude, come on. Dude, come on. And he sees Ace standing there, and Ace smiles and says, I didn't think you would show up. Baxter says, well, I, I, I had, I had to, I had to face the music. And Ace like shrugs and he's like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to beat me up right now. You're going to, you're going to kick my ass and you're going to humiliate me in front of the whole school. I came to apologize for embarrassing you at the party. Like, I, I wasn't sure what you were talking about, and you made a big thing. And Baxter's just stumbling. I mean, well, because you don't, you don't know. And they kind of start, like, talking things out. And we get one final flashback to that high school reunion. And Baxter is, he shows up reluctantly, right? Yeah. And Ace is, like, Ace is there helping organize, like, the bands and stuff. Because you know he got nominated class president. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so he's helping organize it, and they hug, and they laugh and smile, and it's kind of okay, you know? They They leave it behind, and they kind of have perspective. And they grow as people. Yeah, and it's not as bad as they think as he thought it was, and it got better for him. <laughs> oh, that, that was touching. And that's dead friend. That was very that was touching. Really good. It was funny and touching and sad, and it was really really good. That's Dang. a that's a great game. What a good game! Dang. Dang. Danny, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. This was a blast. This really was. This was amazing. so good. So real quick, before we wrap up, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your your work online? All right. Uh, One more time. Uh, You can find me at happyhealthycats.tumblr.com. That's all one word. Uh, And uh, feel free to ask me any questions you may have about our wonderful feline companions. Excellent. Well, thanks thanks so much for coming on the show. This was a blast, and I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me.
Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Danny for coming on to the show. That game was just... It was incredible. That was a beautiful, beautiful game. Be sure to pick up Dead Friend. It is on DriveThru RPG right now. It is so, so fantastic. It is an incredible, beautiful game. I... I can see this telling so many stories and so many different tones. I am... I'm a big fan of this game, is the thing. This is a really, really beautiful two-player game. So check the show notes, pick up the game. It is so worth your time. Also, be sure to follow Danny on Tumblr at Happy Healthy Cats. Ask her your cat questions, because cats are great, and Danny is good people. Hey, did you know we're on social media, and that you should follow us on social media? It's pretty great. You should follow the show on Twitter at Party of One Pod. Currently, I'm taking part in the April TTRPG Maker uh, Twitter Challenge by Kira McGran. So if you've ever wondered about me or my design process, this is a good time to find out. I'm sharing a lot of stories. You should also like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Currently, I'm using Facebook to a few times a week recommend older episodes that I think you might enjoy. So if you're looking at the 120 plus episode archive and thinking, ah, where do I jump in with that? Check out Facebook. It's a good place to start. Or if you want to talk to me about the show, or wrestling, or game design, or any of the things that people talk about, you should head over and join the show's Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. It's a good group of people talking about great games, and wrestling, and movies, and all kinds of fun stuff. If you want to hear more from me, you can hear me every week on All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by your listener prompts, hosted by me and my best friend Aaron Catano Saez. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. Any of those things help new listeners find this show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things, and I always just deeply appreciate it. It just brightens my whole day when somebody just says, Hey, Jeff, I like that thing that you made. It just it lifts my mood, and I appreciate it. You can also consider backing the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini podcasts, and interviews. And Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, convention appearances, and all the little things that keep the show running. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming onto the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, cat blogger, stand-up comedian, improv comedian, or just somebody that loves a good role-playing game, you should shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. (laughs) 